Welcome to the Washdown Podcast, episode number 55, with special guest Joey Clevenger. Some of you guys may remember Joey from being on a few episodes ago. Um, we were talking about video gaming, um, but today he is back and we are going to talk about one of the worst days that you can have as a firefighter. And it happened to him um, over the summer. So I hope you guys can pull something out of it. I hope you enjoy the conversation. So without further ado, here is episode 55 of the Washdown podcast. Uh, what is it? It's a mini, they call it a mini ATX case. So it's probably compared to my cup that high, that tall, and then that wide, basically wide enough for a graphics card. And then they make many motherboards and stuff like that. So I'm going to probably take it to work and stuff so I can play at work. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, th- there was a time. That, uh, yeah. They make backpacks and stuff for it too. Yeah. So it's not like I have to worry about it getting hurt. Whenever I first, whenever Nelson and I first started working at the same station together mm-hmm. the first time. It was right whenever Call of Duty was coming out and really kind of getting big. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what was it, 12, 13 years ago now? Yeah. Um, he would have his PlayStation in, and it would be me and him in the kitchen with the his PlayStation on the TV, and we'd swap off, take turns. Mm-hmm. Our captain had his PlayStation in his office <laughs> and we'd be playing and you just hear motherfucker you know back and forth between the two and yeah, yeah it was no and, and that's uh, uh before i uh this was this was years before i started but the guys would they put there would be a slow day and man they put like 16 hours into freaking the nazi zombies and stuff like that I'm oh like, yeah oh my gosh yeah. this is ridiculous we used to play at uh, one of the stations I was with, all four of us would sit and play. There was this uh, fantasy game, uh, Norath or something. It was mm-hmm. like a Baldur's Gate type thing. Gotcha. And but you could play four players, mm-hmm. dude. There'd be days where it was me and the two other firefighters and my driver. If our captain was off, we would sit and play that thing. We'd fire it up at seven in the morning, <laughs> and we would just play and play and play. We did it one day, and we had talked about it the shifts before. It was like, okay, it's going to be the weekend. It's more than likely going to be slow. We're going to game. The weather's going to be crap. You know, we're just yeah. we're going to game all day. So we show up to the station. We had we made like cheese dip. Mm-hmm. And put some like hamburger in it, and that was our food for the day. <laughs> so like we everybody got there at six in the morning. You know yeah. our shift starts at seven, so we get there at six. Basically, kick the shift before us out. They're like you, you guys got to go. We went to the store and we're back before seven o'clock, and we're playing. Nice, yeah. <laughs> our chief came by at like three or four in the afternoon. He's like, I haven't heard from you guys all day. You're fine. <laughs> Just left. <laughs> So, but we had like oatmeal cream pie cookies and red vines and just like every nasty gamer junk food you can imagine. And I mean, just played and played and played all day. Woke up the next morning, go home, 
we come in for the next shift and we're all just sitting there looking at each other. We're never doing that again. That was horrible. <laughs> it just felt like crap for two days from all the sugar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've had some days like that. Not at work, but just days where going over and just grinding a game and yeah. eating nothing good. Oh, anything, yeah. that, anything that you can play and eat at the same time is not good for you. Yeah. So. <laughs> Dude, I like... I really, even whenever I was really playing Call of Duty, like probably a year ago or a year and a half ago or whatever, like I would play, I get maybe four or five games, six maybe, and then I'm taking a break. Yeah. You know? But I mean, those six games, it's going to take you an hour, hour yeah. and a half. I mean, so it's not like it's, I'm only playing for 15 minutes and then done. I'm going to play for like an hour and a half, two hours, something like that. And then I'm like, nope. I'll go eat, watch some TV, hang out with the dogs. Yeah. Then go back and, you know. Oh, yeah. Once my wife got home, it was like, okay, time to stop playing for the day. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah. I, uh, especially, yeah, if I'm streaming, I'm I'm freaking, I try and get it started early so I can end early because I hate, I hate whenever Jess comes home from picking up Avery from daycare and I'm, I'm still playing. I'm like, God. I got to hurry up and finish this up, but yeah. I got to hit a certain timeline. So, yeah. so yeah, so I'll freaking, I'll try and get, get that knocked out. And then, yeah. And then whenever Avery's home, she's just right now, she's at this stage where like, she's been really energetic when she sees me. So oh, yeah. like yesterday, Jess was so pissed off because I'm, I'm, I'm playing, I'm in the middle of a game and it was going to be my last game. And, uh, I can hear Avery just screaming and I'm like, oh shit! I gotta hurry up and finish this game. And it's a ranked game, so I can't just leave the game. If it was any other game, like you know, because you get penalized if you're playing a ranked and then you leave. Yeah. So I was finishing up the game, finished it up, shut everything down, came upstairs, and she sees me and she just starts laughing and just like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> she's like, "I've been dealing with a screaming baby for like half an hour." And then you come up, and she's just cheerful as hell. Like, well, that's what dads do. Like, that's yep. that's it. So she was just cheerful for me the whole the rest of the night. And yeah. she's like, "That's absolutely dog shit." Like, that's <laughs> just wait, just wait. It'll be your turn in the barrel. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. When she gets older, she's yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to try and say no to something, and she's gonna hate me. So. <laughs> You're gonna be wrapped around her. Finger. Oh, dude! I know. I already am, and it's ridiculous. So, I mean, there was one day that, like, I haven't talked to my brother in a while because he's he lives south, and so I haven't really got to talk to him because he's been busy with work, and I haven't been able to see him as well. And there was one day where I planned on getting off off, off the game, and then he's like, "Hey, I'm on." I was like, "All right, I'll play. I'll play a couple games with you just because we haven't, you know, had any interaction at all." And uh, shoot, it was like eight eight thirty by the time I was done, and her bedtime's like seven forty. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I I literally wasted my entire day, and I didn't get to see her. So usually, like if I'm getting ready to go on shift, um, Jess will will rock her to sleep and stuff. And I was like, I, "I'm rocking her to sleep tonight." I was like, "I missed out on everything. I'm gonna rock her to sleep." And sure enough, she ended up falling asleep on me, and I fell asleep in the recliner. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was like ten thirty at night, and and Jess comes into to her room and was like, "Are you, are you coming to bed?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm coming to bed." I just I had to I had to keep I had to I had to 
you know, snuggle in. So, yeah. But it's been good. Good deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming back on the show. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, we were going to talk about something the last time and... I got long-winded. I watched it, and I was like, oh, my gosh. You could not have <laughs> some, like, dude, like, here, yeah, like we discussed before, uh-huh. where you're like, hey, here's point A. We need to get to point B. I, like, took a, I put, I took the longest route to B, oh, and yeah. I was like, straight to the point. Hey. So. You know what, though? That's That's the thing with these type of the long-form conversation podcast thing is – and and I watch a lot of them, you yeah. know Joe Rogan, Andy Stomp, Jocko, all that stuff. Jocko's a little bit more regimented, yeah. you know. It seems like he kind of because they're there for a purpose, yeah. Like it's a specific thing that they're talking about. It's not like we'll talk about several things. It's one point, yeah. But I mean, you watch a Joe Rogan podcast, and they'll be all the way over here on the left, and then end up all the way over here on the right. You have no <laughs> idea how they got there. Yeah, I watched. Uh, Speaking of that, I watched the first time Kevin Hart was on the podcast. Oh yeah, last night. And dude, you want to talk about just all over the place? <laughs> I mean, it was, but it was great. It was a great yeah. show, and it was very inspirational, motivational, all that stuff. And but yeah, just that guy. All that over guy's the place. mind is all over the place. Just in general, is just. Dude, but but he's a smart guy. I've watched a lot of yeah. like a lot of financial stuff that he that he follows by. I was like, yeah. wow, that's, that's wow. It's just, he was talking about that on the podcast of how he was just starting that. Mm-hmm. He was partnering with yeah. uh, JP Morgan chase or whoever and yeah. starting to like put together a program yeah. to get it out to people of, Hey, don't do this. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's stupid to run up a credit card and then not pay it. <laughs> oh yeah. And that's, and that was the thing. Yeah. He was, because he was talking about, he's like, I, you know, I took, I just real quick. Uh, you know, here's, here's my, my paycheck, you know, certain percent would go to like real estate, like future, future investments, you know, mm-hmm. and then the rest goes over here, you know, like, so he kind of, it's it just how he, how, like knowing him as the comedian that he is, and then actually looking at him as a like financial responsibility, you're like, okay, wow, that makes a lot more sense, you yeah. know? Well, yeah, you know, was, I mean, it's he doesn't want to end up like MC Hammer. No, no, and that's you know, and someone, someone who's like you looking at him, but like hearing him talk, mm-hmm. you'd be like surprised. It's Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, that I've been watching a lot on him lately, and that guy is like I've first of all you see him on TV, just about every other commercial. Oh yeah, but. That's part of the deal is like, you know, when people come up to him, like the general or mm-hmm. uh, what's the God, Papa like, John's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so when they come to him and like, hey, we need a face for our product. He's like, I I, I'm, I don't. It's not that I don't want to do it, but if I do it, I don't want just getting paid. I want I want financial gain out of your out of your business. Yeah. So I want a part of it. So. If so, all these companies like Icy Hot and all these different companies are gonna sign him to be the face for commercials. He want he's getting more than what most people just do. Like you know, you look at Subway where you got Steph Curry, Tom Brady, uh, all Trevor Lawrence, all these all these athletes, Mm -hmm. and then um, they're not in like you know Papa John's. He's one of the chair. He's a chairman. 
yeah. on Papa John's, a board member. And then, so yeah, so yeah, he's got he's taking stake into the company as well, and it's like that's that's really smart, you know, well, yeah, because you're getting paid on both sides of the table. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, oh man, I wouldn't have ever saw that guy like being that like that good at you know because it's just something that you don't think about. You just see him as an athlete. He just got he's got tons of money from his commercials and stuff like that. But when you actually dig in deep and he talks about, you know, yeah, this is, I want part of your company. It's like, Oh wow. Okay. I didn't see that coming, but yeah. yeah. yeah well, it's being smart with business. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. You see how it happens. Yep. One, one little comment, one comment, dude, and one comment and whew. we are in left field. Yep. <laughs> this is going to be the episode about money. <laughs> Not from me. Not from me. I am. My wife would be like shaking her head right now if she was to watch this. Like, no way is that guy going to be up there for financial <laughs> stability. <laughs> no, yeah. So, but yeah, there's a lot. And I'm not yeah. good with money. My wife is the the saver. So, yeah. Well, you know, I went through my time of not being good with money and then I mean, I'm still not I wouldn't say I'm great with money, but I'm a lot more frugal. Yeah. Than a little bit more educated as well. Yeah. Like as I've gotten older, I've definitely like yeah. looked at like all these different things that you can do, like because I can't just rely on one thing being my retirement. Yeah. I have to, you know, there's a, there's got to be pennies have to be falling in other stuff too. So yeah. if I want to be actually retired, you know, to be retired and then go and work full time somewhere else. Doesn't that's make, not. That's yeah. not my goal. That's that's not retirement. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah. So and that's what I don't want. So yeah. Ah, uh, growing up. <laughs> yeah, you know, everybody gets their big boy pants at some time. So, some of us it just takes longer than others. I know, and and, and that's how I am too. And it's and it it kills me because when I look at it, it's like. Especially watching all these these videos of these millionaires are that are millionaires at like forty because they started at twenty or twenty five and I'm like, shoot, dude, I'm thirty one. I'm I'm behind the ball, way behind the eight ball. So, well, I mean, yes and no, because uh, some people don't start till later in life. Yeah, you know, they spend their twenties doing whatever, mm-hmm. and then it's not till they hit their thirties that they really kind of buckle down or whatever. But it's it kind of goes back to that knowledge gap. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kevin Hart talked about it on the Joe Rogan podcast, and I've heard other people talk about it. But, you know, you only know what you know. And yeah. where you grow up and the people you associate with and the things that you learn in school and the things that you learn from your family and friends and all that stuff, there's only so much. You're never going to get every piece of information. So, like, if you're if your parents weren't big investors and in, big with money and you didn't have any friends who had parents that instilled that in them or, you know, whatever, then how would you ever know? Yeah. You know, it's something that you're going to either innately stumble upon or seek out. Yeah. Or you're going to meet somebody at some point in your life. Okay. How did you get to that point or what path are you on? And then you got to figure out, okay, well maybe that, that oh. works for me too, or I want to do that, or yeah, I want to be financially secure or be able to travel or whatever it may be. 
and you got to f- just figure out the steps to get there. Oh, so yeah. like, I mean, the whole thing was like starting this podcast had no clue. I'm like, okay, I watched the Joe Rogan podcast. I watched this one. I watched that one. I watch all these different ones and see how they do everything. Okay. Well, that's cool. I kind of know what mics they're using. I kind of, I see the booms and I, okay, well they're using a camera. They're recording it somehow. I know nothing about video cameras. Okay, well, let's do some research. Yeah, YouTube's a great thing. Yeah, YouTube, the internet, just, and go down that rabbit hole and figure it out. Now, I mean, our setup's pretty good. There's some things that I would like to add to it. You know, I would like to do multi-camera so that way, you know, whenever you're talking, it shows you. Yeah. Like, it's on, the camera's on you. And then, you know, whenever I'm talking or Chris is talking or whoever else is talking, like, the camera's on them. And then I'd like to have a camera on James. Yeah. Even if it's not plugged in, I still would like to have a camera on him just so he doesn't sit back there and sleep. <laughs> yeah. Accountability. Accountability. Yeah. <laughs> no, and that and that's the thing. It comes with I mean, time and money. I yeah. mean, so it's just one of those things that's like you want to put you want to invest more into this because this is something that you're really passionate about. You know, there's something that you're really really putting a lot of effort into and of course you want to like it makes the followers feel good that, you know, you're up in your game. You know, you're you're working on th- things to make it better. You're not just sitting back and be like, ah, this, yeah. this is as good as we're going to get. So just, just don't expect any more. But, uh, you know, as far as people following the – whether it's, you know, streaming or podcasts, they want to see improvement. Yeah. And, and that's it. So time and money. Yep. Well, and effort. Yes. I mean, and that's, yeah. that's what it boils down to yeah. is, you know, I – put a post on uh, our Facebook thing the other day about the new year and, you know, motivation and discipline. And, you know, I kind of, I really believe that that motivation will get you started, Mm -hmm. but motivation isn't going to carry you to your goal. No. Discipline because motivation fades. Yeah. You know, anybody that started a new workout program can tell you, you know, yes, I am motivated. It's the first of the year. I'm going to get in shape. Well, they're motivated for about a week, yep. two weeks, maybe a month. Then that motivation fades. Mm-hmm. As well, I'll skip today. Well, yeah, I got a lot going on. I'm not going to make it to the gym today. Well, man, how long's it been since I've been to the gym? Oh, it's been two months. Shit. <laughs> but if you just are disciplined and make it part of your daily routine. Yeah. So, and I mean, you can even apply that to mental health. So with like meditation or self-reflection or all of that stuff, just make it part of your daily routine and be disciplined about it. Then you're going to reap the benefits of it. Yeah. Because, and that's the thing with guys will go and girls, whatever. I use the term guys. Don't crucify me for it. It's a generic It doesn't mean anything. I do the same. It's just a generic. I I do the same. I'm not pointing out. Exactly. Yeah. People (laughs) will go into recovery or or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. and they'll come out and they'll be motivated to, yes, I have kicked this addiction, I've kicked this problem, or I'm motivated to change, blah, 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 blah. And they go through and go through and go through, and then it starts falling off, falling off the wayside. Mm-hmm. Until finally, well, they're back drinking again, or they're back doing this, or they're back doing that. 
because they didn't take and turn that motivation into discipline. Yeah. Because that's the second half of the equation that a lot of people just, they don't follow through with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's something that I kind of, um, did after, after my, that call was, you know, I told myself, I was like, I'm not going to rely on alcohol. Not going to drink. Um, not that I was a big drinker before. I mean, I, Maybe a maybe a weekend a month or two weekends a month that I would actually drink, but it's like you're in the guard. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but and that's the thing. So like I, I told myself I was like I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna drink. I'm not gonna rely on alcohol to help me ease anything. So because I I don't want to go down that path of it taking over. So I was like you know I'm just not gonna. Uh, I'm just let's let's do everything natural, you know whether it's going to therapy or, you know, talking things out, that's, that's what I did. So, yeah. So let's, let's talk about the call, man. So okay. this is, I'll preface it by saying this is probably for most firefighters would be the worst day that you could possibly have on the job or in the top two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was um it was July 14th. Um I'll probably never forget that day. So, um and sorry if I if I'm smiling, it's not or if I'm laughing, it's not anything against it. It's it's not that I'm playing it playing it off. It's just one of those things that you know, I've gone through therapy with this and I I can't dwell on it anymore. It's just it's got to be one of those things. So, I'm not I'm not insensitive to the whole situation. I, it's just, it's like I said, it's, Dude, it's something it's... that, it's something that eats at, eats at you. Um, so it was July 14th. Uh, it was, uh, we ran a, um, uh, structure fire, got toned out for a structure fire. It was one of those, you know, typical mornings, uh, actually was able to get to the gym early, early in, in the shift. I was like, yeah, man, it's a, Work out before before lunch. It's gonna, this is gonna be, be a, a great day, Tater. Gonna, yeah, exactly, man. I was like, man, this is gonna be a good day. I'm getting a good good pump because uh, you know, just really had that energy right at the beginning, got most of our stuff done early. Um, and then our tones dropped around eleven o'clock. Um I was driving that day and uh we get toned out to a structure fire and halfway to the fire, um, we've got MDTs in our in our rigs and uh multiple multiple notes came across saying three kids trapped inside it's like my captain looks over at me he's like this is the real deal like there's not only is it coming over the radio but it's, it's all o- it's all over the notes so me just having the adrenaline that hap- that I was having you know because you know a fire we oh, don't yeah. we don't run a, we don't run a lot but when we do man <laughs> so um so we uh i'm you know i'm hauling ass at that point my my foot became a cinder block i mean it was not it wasn't leaving the the gas for nothing so um we get on scene we're third pumper in move the mic back just a little bit there you go so we get on scene and we're third we're third. too far how about that we good uh, a little, little closer. Oh, that good, right there. 
So you want to be in the yellow. Oh, I thought it was in the yellow. You were, but then you were in the red a lot. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. My bad. So um, we're third pumper in. At that point, I'm expecting to go inside. So I'm starting to starting to uh, get my gear on and everything like that. And um, dude, I'm hearing screaming, screaming. Um, I can't where where I pulled off. Um, so I didn't turn down the street where the house was because it was it was the second house from the corner. So I went down um, the main drag so that our truck can get. Right. Have have yeah. first priority because there was already two pumpers there. So I just the truck has to have a spot. Yeah. So um so I pulled off to the side and um I'm getting my gear on. I can't see anything, but I just hear screaming. Just bloody murder screaming. Just help my kids. Get my kids. And at that point, like it's really, really hitting me like shit. It's it's go time, you know. So I'm I'm got my stuff. I'm going in. Uh, I'm going up. They tell us that they want us to uh, uh, ladder the B side of the house. Um, going. So we got the we got the ladder up. I'm masking up. Uh, my fireman actually um, had a, a a slight issue with his mask. One of the straps came undone in the transport. Mm-hmm. So he had to put that on. I said, Hey, I'll I'll, I'll jump up there. Going up to the window, smashing the window as much as I could. Um, so I, it was an older, it was just a wooden wooden window. So I'm like, ah, two two hits max. I'm like seven hits in. I'm like, dude, what in the hell is going on? Well, I found out that the um, the headboard of the bed was up against the the frame of the window, and that's what I was having struggles with. So I just broke out that middle section, sweeped it, and then I I I jumped in on the bed. I was like, fuck it. I, at this point, yeah, there's still kids inside. Yeah, who cares? Like, I don't care if I cut my stuff up. I just I got to get inside. So, I, I I jump in um on the on the bed, roll off the bed, kind of search that room that I was in. Nothing. Um, I see one of the other uh, units. They have a kid in their hand in their arms, and they're they're going down the stairs out the front door. Cool. Hey, what do we got? There's one kid somewhere else. Okay, so I. The, the room that they just left with a kid, I, I just dropped to my knees, looking around, kind of trying to look under the bed, feel what I can, just in case if he's still in there. Work my way across the hall, and I see they had a um, a Jack and Jill type of bathroom, where it was one individual room for the sinks, and then the toilet and the tub had its own room. Mm-hmm. Well, saw the sinks, saw the door was closed, feeling it opened it up and I see a pair of white feet and uh happened to be the two-year-old um there was a two six and a ten um ten-year-old that were in the in the in the home at the time of the fire and um so I I found him I can't radio because I with the situation like drivers usually on our department don't have like geek mics we do now because of the situation. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have time to like get my radio out of my pocket. I it's just, a, you know, and I'll stop you for a second. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where I get it. It's a protocol. You want a radio that you're coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but also in that moment, it's a waste of 10 seconds. Yeah. No, it's, and, and that and that's know, that's exactly how I felt. Like, I was like, I'm not even, I didn't even reach for it. I was like, hey, I yelled, hey, I've got one, picked him up, and I'll, I'll probably never forget the the gasp of air when I picked him up just because he was in between the toilet and the, um, and the door kind of mm-hmm. situation. He was kind of in a, in just a weird spot. So I, it's not like I could pick him up like a baby yeah. at first. Um, so, you know, I, I, I had to scoot him down, pick him up. And then when I, I just felt like just air, just leaving, leaving him. And so I've got him going down the stairs. I, at this point, I don't even, I don't even give a shit about where I came from, where my crew's at, my, my goal, like you know, not doing the, not trying to do the whole freelance bullshit. But I saw a crew before me go down the stairs and to the right, where I knew where, where I knew where a door was. I wasn't going to worry about my my crew member and my my captain. I found a kid. I'm get I'm getting out. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, and you've been a fireman long enough. You can walk up to a house with a certain degree of certainty. Mm-hmm. Look at the house and go, I know where the stairs are. Yep. Yeah. Because there's, there's tells, mm-hmm. you know. Um, when you walk up to a front door, you see where the window is. You know, you can you can look and see, okay, I know the stairs are this side of the door or that side of the door or whatever. And they're, you're generally pretty safe in that assumption. Yeah. It's It was faster and better tactically for you to do that than to try to retrace your steps, go back to that bedroom, get that victim on a ladder, hope somebody's still there. Yeah. Because you don't know. Yeah. They could have came in behind you and went left and you went right. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, you did the the right thing. So so I've got him... And I'm working my way down, uh, down the stairs, and I'll I'll, I'll come back as at, at an angle, a different angle kind of situation after. So um, I go down the stairs, and I come up against a hose line. I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I'm like trying to step over this hose line, and I get down the stairs, and I'm getting like just a it, what felt like a straight stream just blasting me in the face, and I'm like, what the f- is going on? And I was like, "Hey, shut that line down!" And come to find out, it was actually uh, the first fifty-foot section of their crosslay blue. So there was no shutting it down. Yeah. When I look and when I look at what hey, I was like, "What jackass is blowing a line <laughs> in my face?" It's just a hose. So Dude. so at that point, I'm I'm covering up the I'm covering up the the, the boy, and go. Uh, I just I run outside. Get outside, start doing chest compressions. My crew, um, my ladder crew, um, they had just gotten back inside and in the living room and saw me leaving with a kid, and they followed me right back out to to help me with CPR. We're doing chest compressions. Um, I strip my stuff off because I'm gonna I'm gonna really I'm gonna try and work on this kid. So I'm stripping my stuff off, go and get airway bags and stuff, and. Uh, uh, so my la- my truck captain and the truck fireman are working on this kid while I'm going to get in bags and kind of like kind of having a cool down in, in that in that process. So <clears throat> they're working on him. I got bags. We're get- we're putting him on oxygen, all that stuff. And uh, 
the ten year old got pushed uh, put in an uh, ambulance, and then the six year old was in another ambulance. But we were short on ambulances. Um, so in this in the dire situation, they were like, "Hey, load them up. Let's just put them. Let's put them in an ambulance." So they grabbed the two year old and bring him to the same ambulance that the ten year old was in. Well. They're over capacity, clearly. You know, we got yeah. two patients in the back of that ambulance. And uh, another another ambulance was, not, I think they said, six minutes out. So, that's I mean, that's critical. That's too far. Yeah. So, at that point, at that point, um, with that many patients, we've got people like <clears throat> the dri- my truck driver comes to my BC and was like, hey, they don't have they don't have a driver for this ambulance. He's back there working with the, the medic on taking care of these kids. And I was like, my previous department, I had an ambulance, so I was like, fuck it. So I just stripped my the rest of my shit off and I just jumped in the ambulance and we we went. I ran hot to um, you know, hospital and I mean I was hauling ass. You know, it's one of those things that you got two kids in the back, you're doing every they're doing everything that they can. You're doing it. I've got to do everything I can to get them to the help that they need. So it was one of those. Uh, we ended up getting there um, in route about halfway to the hospital. The 10 year old, they called the 10 year old. Um, and then we got to the hospital and brought the two year old inside. And about 15 minutes after we got him inside, uh, he passed away. And then, actually, a day a day later, the six year old passed away. So we had three pediatrics um, die in that in that fire, and uh, it 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 tore me up. I mean, I, I was sitting in the uh, the hospital, you know, just doing whatever I can. Like, I mean, at, at this point, hospital staff has them. There's nothing I can do but just sit and wait. Uh, especially not in my district, so I'm waiting for my battalion chief to come pick me up, yeah. and I don't have my I don't have my I have a radio. I don't have my cell phone in my gear, like because I was working out. All my sh- all my stuffs at back of the either at the station or in the truck. So uh, it's at that point where I was like I have no communication. Um, so after after the two year old got called, um, I called my wife and. Uh, she was, I was I was bawling, I was bawling, and I was like, "Hey, it's gonna be a while before you, you hear from me, but just letting you know I'm at the hospital." And she's like, "What happened?" And I was like, "I'll tell you later. It's it's not good." I was like, "I'm fine. Our crews are fine. We're just, you know." And so she's like, "Okay, just call me when you can." I, I'm getting tore up, you know, doing everything I could. Ever and the nursing staff was just a, amazing because they, you know, they kept coming up to, hey, is there anything that you guys need? Like, you guys need waters? Or I was like, I know where the EMS room is. I'll, I'll, I'll just go get a snack if I need it. So they were always they were very good about the ones that weren't doing much in the room. You know, were tending to us to make sure that we were okay because it wasn't just me, and my 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 truck fireman. It was, you know, uh, there was three other crews basically there. Yeah. And so we're all just, like, basically just waiting right outside the room, seeing if th- what's going to happen. And uh, so 
again, um, going through all that, it was, uh, it was, it was rough. Uh, got back to the station. Uh, well, we did a debriefing there at the hospital. You guys did one right there at the hospital. Yeah. Got, well, um, so I don't know the position that this white shirt was. He was definitely not a battalion chief at any point. He was up, up, and he was just kind of saying, "Hey, good job with what you guys did. Like with everything that happened, kind of situation. We'll kind of we'll try and keep everyone in the loop. Not not necessarily a full debrief kind okay. of situation. All so right. it was just more of a we did everything that we could. Yeah. You know, there's and and basically just make sure you know that people are there for you." Yeah, and make sure because this, you know, this is one of the the toughest calls you'll ever run, and and so my battalion chief came, picked us up. We went back, um, we went back to the, our our truck station. It's in the middle of our district um, because all three of our units were on that fire, but my my unit and the truck were the first, you know, the one of the first ones there, and uh, we're discussing it talking about what we could have done um and what was going on like what 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 was happening so apparently what so here's the different angle that I was talking about was that apparently two of the the two 50 foot sections of both crosslays on the one unit burst due to heat is what I was told um and so, so I mean it it happens. happens. It happens. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not faulting anyone on that. It's just. Yeah. It's one of those things that happens. So like, but that kind of gives you a little bit of the scenario of like how, how I didn't really realize how hot it was, because again, I was in an area where it wasn't really involved. I was searching, and when I found him, when I found the two year old, I was out. I so it, for me, everyone was discussing about how hot that fire was. I don't remember how hot it was. I right. truly don't. So. Um, so, and that was, that was the case, both lines burst and again, no one's fault. It's just, it happens, you know, no one expects to go into that, that hot of a situation right off the, right off the rip, you know? Yeah. So, um, but I don't remember how, how, I mean, I remember coming back from the hospital, um, because they are bomb and arson was there. They needed to have a statement from me and, uh, gave my statement. Um, and then they, they did their investigation. So, as far as, I mean, as as intense as they talked about the fire, I mean, it was a pretty good stop from what I saw. Um, I mean, it was basically the kitchen and the living room were, were gone, but the, the, the rooms were still fine. So, um, but yeah, we go back to the station. We're all talking about it. We're talking about what could have, what could have been better or um, different things. And I told them, I was like, straight up, I was like, hey, I wasn't trying to freelance. I was... I was trying to get out. That was it. I knew I knew I saw a crew before me go out that same way and I was going to go. That's just I was committed at that point. I wasn't going to mess with the window. I wasn't going to mess with the ladder. I was done. You know, I was I was in and out. That was um but coming from the battalion chief, uh the other battalion chief on the scene, um we got all three kids out in under 3 minutes. Um so with how rocking that that house that house was going i mean it was a pretty good time in in, yeah. in my eyes at least um it's a it's a phenomenal time and this the sad fact of it is that you know three minutes 
you just think about that from the time you showed up on scene till the time you got him out three minutes mm-hmm. that's nothing that's yeah and three minutes is gone what you have to remember is when did the fire get called in it made its way through dispatch then it took you how many minutes to get there i mean yeah it, it, those are those are minutes and seconds that you can't do anything about yeah and you're never going to get them back and there's no there's no piece of technology that's going to allow us to get there any faster yeah than what we do no and that's the thing it's just and 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 that that's what bugged me i mean i had <laughs> It comes it happened it happened to be like the worst the worst week for me. I only say that because not that things were really going bad, but like that previous it was a Wednesday. So that previous Sunday, I went to I went to the hospital for my almost three month old because she was we were afraid that she had RSV. And me being a new dad, you know, that yeah. came into effect. Um, it was the 14th, which was the first day that she went to daycare. <laughs> so, so it's just like, everything's hit me at once. And, yeah. and, and the dad feelings are really like really amping everything up. And so, you know, I got home or I got back to the station. I called, called my wife and just kept, and just kind of kept her in the loop. Like, Hey, this is what what's going on. And she's like, okay, well let me know if there's anything you need. Well, after we did our little debrief with our, our department, they just sent us home. They're like, hey, you guys need to go home. We're going to cover. We'll get the, we'll get the shifts covered. Don't don't worry about it. Just go home and, and be with your families. And so on my way home, I just told I told my wife, I was like, hey, they sent us home. This is what this is what happened. Can you go get Avery from daycare? Yeah. So she got she got it. Uh, she got her back. Um, by the time I got home, she was already home with with Avery, and and I'll I'll probably never forget that hug. Not that she could really, you know, understand yeah. it, but I I couldn't, I didn't want to let her go, and it was one of those things where I just, it was rough, like. It was, I mean, constantly, I, I just, I, I didn't want to let her go. I didn't want, like, my wife's usually, like, she was still breastfeeding at the time, and my wife was like, hey, I need to feed her. I'm like, I, I really don't want to let her go, but yeah, yeah. Like, it was just hard. Yeah. So, um, and as far as the whole mental side of it, uh, I ended up being off work for um, about a month and a half. Um, it was probably like, if I would, I want to say it's like 10 shifts or so, 10, 12 shifts, but I was off work for a little bit and, uh, started going to therapy and, uh, talking about things and it wasn't. So again, that call happened in July. Um, it was probably the week before Thanksgiving, uh, that I got released from therapy. So everything's been good. Uh, my biggest issue was going through therapy was trying to let go and make sure and, and me not thinking it, I could have done better. Dude, that is, you have no idea how common that is and how much of a pitfall and a trip hazard that is for people in our line of work. Oh yeah. Because it's always, you know, and we've, we've talked about it before of we're supposed to be the ones that we save everybody. 
you know, that's what we're trained to do. You know, we don't handle failure very well whenever it comes to something like that. And I'm not saying that that was failure, but uh, in, a loss of a life is, is, is a failure in our eyes. Right. So because, see, yeah, just even, like, me, even me just talking about it, using those terms. Yeah. You know, no, and but it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, you have to be able to accept that you did everything that you could possibly do. Everything your training allowed you to do, your protocols allowed you to do time itself. There's no way that anything could have been done better. It just, it was never going to work out or be the outcome that we want it to be. Yeah. No, and, and, and that was it. I mean, that was my, like I said, that was my biggest hang-up in therapy was, was there anything else I could have? I mean, dude, I ran I ran that call through my head millions of times. I, I, not, no exaggeration, just in the month, in the, the month and a half I was off, I ran through that call a million times, easy, because I'm, I'm looking at every angle. I'm trying to think about every single advantage that I could have used, you know, shit. I spent probably a week pissed off at myself because how long it took me to fucking realize that the, the headboard of the, the bed was stopping me from gaining access. That's seconds right there that we could save a kid, you know, so everything was eating at me. Everything was just bugging me, and and that's you know that's part of like what I was going through. It's like I, my wife is probably the most solid support I could ever ask for. I'm I'm very blessed to have her in my life, and not that I, it didn't matter whether she was in a supporting role or just asked me a question. I snapped at her multiple times because it just was it just eats at you it 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 eats at you from the inside and it's and i felt terrible that i that i snapped at her just just because i'm irritated at myself you know and and again i it sucks and it, because then at that point she's emotionally and mentally exhausted trying to help me but also trying to take care of my three-month-old at the time and she's walking on eggshells thinking what where'd my husband go yeah or yeah and like what can i say without pissing him off yeah you know and, and that's and i felt terrible and so the time you know between july and thanksgiving you know the big basic thing like after getting over all of that you know it was it just came down to residual stuff which is something i never even thought about until talking to my therapist you know because i told you know he's like how's the, how's things going oh good some some asshole just you know cut me off on the way here and i just thought about it for like the whole trip and he's like that's residual shit from what you just went through i was like those kids didn't cut me off in the damn car. Like, why am I pissed off? Like, why does that have anything to do with it? And he's like, no, it's just like, it, it just, you know, say that for me, you know, we'll we'll, we'll put our, like, um, our emotional irritation level on a on a 1 to 10 scale. I'd probably say I, I probably, I'm pretty laid back. I really, I, I feel like I am. There's things I, I get kind of worked up about, but I'd probably give myself a 1 to 3, depending on the day. Is where I'm at. Pretty calm. I was sitting at like an eight, nine, and it didn't take me much to get to a ten at that point because 
again, like someone cut me off or if someone's driving too slow in the left-hand lane or, you know, just like anything. I mean, someone cut, someone bumps into me at the grocery store. It's just like yeah. everything just gets you. And it, I, I didn't even think that it was related until therapist talks to me about it. I'm like, makes sense. Yep. I mean, I, I wasn't like that before. I am now. But, like, when you actually sit down and think about it, you're like, wow, okay, this is really, like, spider webbing out a lot further than I was expecting. Uh, yeah, dude. It it moves out and touches every aspect of your life. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was just, it was one of those things that, you know, and and things have gotten a lot better. I'm back down to, you know, my, two, my one to three range, again, depending on the day, but... <laughs> You know, but if we're I, talking about softball, yeah, right. <laughs> that, that'll get you. That'll get you above a five. Uh, yeah, but but and that's the thing. So and that's and I still think about it. I don't think about it every day. I mean, it was at the point where any free moment I had, I ran through that call. Yeah. Whether I mean I, I mow yards on the side. That's mindless work. And plenty of time for your mind to just exactly. go down that rabbit hole. Dude, I'll tell you, like, the thing is, you're never going to forget about that call. You're going to think about it. It's going to pop up. The purpose of going through the therapy and doing all that work, though, is that whenever that memory does pop up, the emotions that are attached to it aren't what they were at the beginning. Yes. You know, yeah, because, I mean, I still have, there are still calls from... You know, I've been on 17 plus years and there are calls that I ran whenever I had six months on the job, a year on the job that still pop up every now and then that I'll, something will happen or I'll drive by a certain portion of the city or, you know, whatever. And it'll pop into my head. I was like, oh, that happened there. But that's all it is for me now is, uh, yes, I ran that call. It sucked. And then able to move on it's not the god damn it yeah you know it's not that anymore no and that and that's and that's it you know um i haven't really gone past that that house not because i haven't wanted to it's just it's not an area that i i i travel so but when i was going through therapy i went through i I drove past a couple times just to kind of see what was going on and how it was going to emotionally trigger me and and really it didn't it didn't do too much i mean i i just honestly it just uh, i just went back to what i did you know what did i do in that whole situation yeah and was it everything i could have done and and that was it but like you know i've gone through fatality wrecks or or you know codes and stuff like that and, and it just this one just really like not only was it was it really bad having pediatrics in, involved and multiple of them but it, the rest of those calls kind of came back out of the woodwork too. Yep, and and that all was, that stuff you it, never it, dealt with. Well, you just no, it's fine. Yeah, it's not going to get to me. Yeah. I'm not going. Nothing's going to bother me. No, yeah. I mean freaking all those. I, I, I'm telling you, it's just it was just memories just kept coming up from. Not only was it that fire that kept coming up, but like you know, a, you know, ATV accidents or you know, just anything, just all the all the shit that we see. You know, and and the things that we see, nobody really ha- like. You're in a lifetime. You probably have to deal with that once or twice. Yeah. But for us, I mean, depending on where you're at, 
you're dealing with it once a shift. Yeah. Once a week. Yeah, once a week, once a month. I mean, it's, it's just it, it, depending on what, what you're doing. But yeah. it's – and so it's a mentally it, – it's mentally and emotionally tolling. And unfortunately, we're not the only ones that suffer. It's it's our family that suffers as well. After going through what I went through, I I I didn't want to be around my four year old niece. I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be around any kid besides my own. And because you know, I thought about I, I went out to Costco one day, and just everyone irritated the piss out of me. I'm, I, dude, I'm telling you, like, they got big carts. You, they got a lot of stuff there, right? Yeah. These carts, like, it's like people just park right in the middle of the aisle, and I just got so worked up. Now, granted, it's a pet peeve of mine anyway. Stick to one side, you know, let people pass. But, yeah. but this this time it was just, it was, it was a busy, busy day. It was, believe it, yeah, it was like towards the weekend. So, of course, it's busy during, as it, like, Thursday, Friday situation. And... But like every everything just pissed me off at Costco. I was like, we gotta go. I'm just getting this is just bugging me way too much. So we, then we go to a burger place right after that. Like we're on our way home, and uh, and I see this this little little girl just sit down, and I'm like, that's the same size as, as of the kid that you know I picked up, and I'm like, that's that was what was going through my head at that point. It's like I didn't want to be around that. So, you know, I was, I, I just kind of sheltered myself after that. Um, we're very good avoiders. Yes, because I, that's kind of what we're we're taught to do that under the guise of compartmentalization. Mm-hmm. You know, because you have to, oh, rely on your training, get the job done. Okay, that's fine, and that's true. We have to, like, you go on that fire call or that car wreck or whatever, you can't sit there and just break down and be like, you know. We got a job to do. You have a job to do. People rely on you. Yeah. The part that we suck at is once that job is done, take that shit out, process it, move through it so that you're not sitting at a burger joint with your family and somebody walks in and that happens. Yeah. So what tends to happen is we avoid, well, we start avoiding, you know, the shit at work, then it spills over into home. It's a vicious, vicious oh, snowball. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was the thing. I mean, I eh, when I was realizing how I was kind of just getting ir- irritated at everything, I just kind of, and that was the thing, I went down to my basement and turned on my PC and I was just playing games. I just, I, I just, it was something that, was it took something um to kind of just think about but that's like that was the only thing i could really focus on was just that it got my mind away from things but it wasn't like it wasn't necessarily mindless stuff it was just just basically focusing on something else just keep it keep it keep keep the old noggin occupied with something avoid yeah and and that's it i mean dude it it it, yeah it uh it sucked it was you know going through the fire academy and you know but even before you know you you see these movies or these shows and you see these these firemen like pull pull kids out of uh, burning buildings and like, oh yeah, look at the hero. Like, you know, 
after being a fireman, you realize that no one likes that word. Yeah. No one likes the hero word. But like and after after pulling a kid out of a fire, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. I really wouldn't. I mean, especially I mean, it, dude, if you could if you could if if one of those kids was able to be ma- like saved, that good on you. You guys did awesome. That's that 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 is amazing work. And but the odds with the situation that was going on dude it, i wouldn't i i wouldn't wish that on anyone in their career yeah because well every single thing that could have been stacked against you was stacked against you yes no and 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 and, and i'm not and i'm not yeah it's just one of those things that you know you do look at it and you're like man this is you know this this is one of those like highlights of your career kind of situation to kind of like uh as far as the biggest thing that i got out of this whole call was first fire that i had an occupant inside so you know i've been tested as far as like being able to force some doors open you know like put put the fire out you know do my search do all that stuff that i need to do but like never ran into actually having a victim inside but knowing that going in finding a victim, being able to perform the tasks that I need to perform, that's where I came across as that was, it was a success in that, in, 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 in our, in our minds, because there's people that haven't been, I'm going to call it battle tested in a way for, for the fire service where you look at it and you're like, man, I don't know if I could do that if, if it came down to it, because you just, it's not, we train, we train in, in, controlled environments all the time about mm-hmm. shit like this oh yeah but how like, many how many times you saw somebody crawl over a dummy yeah exactly yeah exactly so you're like so so for me i just i look at it and i'm like okay i'm able to do the job like this is this right here solidified the fact that i can still do i can do the job you know because that's that's always been my biggest worry was yeah you run fire you run fires you put them out you know, you do a good job. You do all the work that needs to be done in that time. In that time, but like when it comes down to actually like pulling a victim out. Now, granted, I got lucky. It, in a way, I'm saying I got lucky because I had a two year old that wasn't heavy. You know, now if it was an ob- obese person, where it's going to probably take me and maybe two other people, that would definitely be a a, a big test. You know, because how much how much are we going to spend time on getting so and so out? But for for it to go into a situation where there's the house is you know still rocking and rolling, being able to find a victim and get them out, that's I'm gonna chalk it up. I, now I've gotten to the point after my therapy. Now I'm chalking it up as a win, because I was able to do my job, and I'm still here, you know, still here to try and help the citizens that we have, and, and as much as I can. So, um, you got to find the positives out of out of the 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 worst situations and that was my positive i was able to complete my my task that was given to me and was able to to do everything i thought i could do so absolutely dude i mean and that's what it boils down to really yeah is yeah i mean it's being able to go in and you know, like I made the joke, how many times you seen 
people trip over dummies or whatever. No. You know, whenever we're practicing. Yeah. You know, you, we smoke up the tower or turn all the lights out at the station or whatever, and we've got the dummy setting out in the most obvious place. Oh, yeah. And Good example. Good example. Going through the fire academy, we did the same thing. We had a room smoked up. I mean, you couldn't see anything. One of our classmates grabbed the baby dummy and just threw it because he thought it was a piece of furniture. <laughs> Literally threw it across the room, and 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 my my instructor with the with the tick is like, "What the fuck did you just do?" And so yeah, it's just one of those things. It's like, dude, you just think it's because you say not knowing the living conditions, you run into that situation. You're like, yeah. ah, it's garbage. Yeah, no, that was a baby. You just flung a baby across the room, dude. We had to do this drill. Have you ever been down to our academy? No, I have not. All right. So we've got this. Basically, it's almost like a, it's not quite a U-shape, but it's this box tunnel. Thing, okay. Right? Yeah. So, and inside of it, it's got slanted walls that kind of, okay. you know, and so you got to kind of crawl the through it. The got it. Yeah. It's for yeah. the CPAT. Yeah. So we were doing this drill while we were, the, we were in the academy. Mm-hmm. Everybody, full gear, blacked out, even though in there you don't need to be blacked out because it's you pitch black yeah, you, you can't, can't see, see anyway so one student you know one cadet is the victim you crawl in and lay down somewhere yeah the next person crawls in behind you finds you and takes you out the other side mm-hmm. it's a pretty straightforward drill yeah we had a guy in my class goes in lays down the guy that's supposed to be rescuing him comes in right behind him crawls over the top of him and comes out the side. Is he even in there? Like, now, for everybody watching that doesn't know, like, I could probably do this and touch both sides of that wall. Like, there's yeah. no way that you can crawl around somebody and not feel them. I no. mean, it's it's maybe a person and a half wide. Yeah. I would say, yeah, I would say it's smaller. If it's the one, like, where, where I did the CPAT, it's probably yeah. no wider than this table. Yeah. You know, and so, but yeah, but you bring up the point of, you know, you're going into a house you've never been in before. And I mean, obviously that's every fire that we go in. It's not like, Hey, your house is going to catch on fire tomorrow. So we're going to come in and do a pre-plan. Yeah. You know, that's not how shit works. Yeah. So people don't put furniture where you think it should be. (laughs) And you know, it's dark, it's smoky, it's hot. You're you don't know the exact layout of where stuff is to be able to go in and, you know, we drill and we have certain techniques that we use of, you know, staying on the wall and all of that. There's a bunch of different ones Mm -hmm. that makes it easier for us. But to be able to do all that stuff and get all three kids out in three minutes, I mean, dude, that's, that's just ridiculous. I mean, it, that's super fast. And, and you know, and that was and that was the thing. After you know, discussing with uh, the other BC that was there, uh, he's you know he's been on the job for a while, and uh, he's of course he's gone through a lot of stuff, especially being with a, a a lot bigger department. You know, for him to for him to reach out to me and find find me, you know, I was like, hey, you did a great job. It, there there wasn't much that could have been done better. There wasn't anything really that could be done better, and for someone with that much, that much experience to say to say that, 
it really helped me kind of really get over it. Put it in perspective. Yeah. I mean, we did everything we could. And that was, you know, that was, again, that that was, you know, going through my therapy, we did the EMDR, Mm -hmm. um, which I can't honestly, I can't remember what it it stands for, but it's not like I could really pronounce one of the words anyways. Uh, It's motor desensitization something. Yeah. So I don't remember. I should know this. <laughs> my wife does is certified in that. So well, I should know. But, but that's the thing. So like I've never done it. Yeah. This was the first time I, I've done it. And going through the same that like he's just, you know, hey, walk through the walk through the call with me. And I'm giving him I'm telling him everything. He's like, Hey, you know, how how's it smell? Like what's what's it smell like in there? What's it uh, what's it feel like in there? And and dude, it's weird because you're able to think about that shit. Like, you know, for me, I kind of fast forward through it now. Like, mm-hmm. through the window, one room, one room out. That was it. That was those were my steps and shortened up. But when he stopped, he's like, "Hey, let's just stop right here. Let's stop in this room right here. What do you what do you, what do you feel? What do you?" What do you smell? And I was like, of course, I've got my mask on, so I can't smell anything. Yeah. So, you know, but I'm feeling clothes. You know, I'm feeling bed sheets. I'm feeling the the, the wood b- uh, bed frame and stuff like that. I'm feeling everything. You know, and and I can I it actually like it can I can feel it on the tip of my t- fingers, like actually going through this this process and and. It works. I mean, you got to – it's one of those things that I've heard – I was really hesitant about going in because I've heard it works great or it really jacked me up. And the ones that told me that, you know, it jacked them up, they're like, I didn't let it really process the way it was supposed to process. Like, they were just kind of just trying to rush through it. Yeah. Take, let it take its time. Take the time to get it done. And and I thought it was going to be like a one EMDR session and it was fixed. No, I did it like I did it like three or four weeks in a row. Yeah. And const- I mean, the biggest thing that he had me focus on was, was there anything else that you could have done better? No. No. Well, that was your sticking point. That was my sticking point because I was like, I felt like I could have done something a lot better. I could have done better. But then I finally got to the point where after he we after we're going through all my emotions on everything that happened step by step where you know hey how are you feeling during this time I'm anxious I'm trying to find a kid you know and and then finally getting to the point where you're like wow there there wasn't anything I could have done there there wasn't you know and and just like you said I mean 3 minutes from from the time that we show up to the time that we got those kids out it was close to three minutes. If under the three minutes, I was told it was under three minutes, but I didn't look at the times. But it is is impressive when you really look at it because it's three kids in separate rooms. Mm-hmm. It's not like they were just stacked up on top of each other. It's just you know, it's it, you you're searching different rooms trying to find the rooms again. What we think is. A certain layout when we when we walk up we've been we've been firemen long enough where we know where we kind of think the layout is mm-hmm. dude you don't know what remodels people go through absolutely i mean dude there could be like that that bathroom could have been a suite yep. for all i i've known because they could have just knocked out another wall to the closet to make it part of the suite you know it's just so there's just d- different things that you know i've gone through 
talk to my, talking to my therapist, going through therapy, you know, um, because, you know, back as far as what I've heard back in the day, they're they're just like, hey, rub some dirt on it. You're fine. You know, get over it. You know, and, and yep. that's and that's the thing, and, and, and you know, and nothing against that, but it's just like, I don't want to go down. I don't want to be a fireman for twenty years, and then as I'm getting close to retirement, all that shit sneaks up on me. Mm-hmm. Or you know, you be a fireman for twenty plus years and go through a couple marriages, have a drinking problem, couch surfing because you ain't got no money because you know, alcohol. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's the thing, and that's that was why that's the suck it up and rub some dirt on it. That's what that leads to. Yeah. And that's, and, and honestly, I mean, and my real dad had a, like I say my real dad, my biological father, my, who I call my dad is my stepdad. He's, he's been my dad. My biological father was a a raging alcoholic and I didn't want any, any of those kind of tendencies to kind of, not that, not that I believe that it happens, but. I just wanted to stray away from alcohol, well, period. You know, there's some genetic predisposition. And I, mean, and, and I just didn't want to take... discount it. Yeah, and yeah. I just didn't want to take the risk. It, yeah. it, it For me, I just didn't want to take the risk. I wanted to go about it clean. If I'm going to go and get this done, I'm going to talk to my therapist. I'm going to talk to my wife. I'm going to hang out with my child, you know, and, and that and that's... That's what was, that's how it happened. That's how the recovery, I mean, I had a great support system with my parents, my in-laws, you know, everyone knew I was, what I was going through and, and, you know, and everyone thought about every situation, like as far as like when it came to family get togethers where there's a bunch of kids in the same fucking age range, (laughs) you know, like, Hey, we're going to go to, we're going to go do like cousin hangout night and there's, yeah. And there's like 10 fucking kids at the same age that I just dealt with. I'm like, I don't want to go. Yeah. Like that just doesn't sound fun to me right now. And, and then, so, but like she, you know, my wife also pushed it a little bit just because she knew I could handle it. You know, she's, she's, she's a, she's a smart woman. She's, (laughs) she's got, she's got a biology degree and a a psychology degree. And so she's, she kind of knew what I was going through. And sometimes, you know, like my parents, my, my sister actually just moved in town at that time, um, back in town. And my four, my five-year-old niece was there, um, at their house. And they're like, Hey, come over and see your niece. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to like just nothing against it. Not that I, because I haven't seen her in a while. She lived in North Carolina. So it's not like I was able to get, get out there very often. And it, it wasn't against her or it wasn't against my sister. It was just, I just wanted to be in a controlled situation where it was me, my wife, and my, and my, my kid. Those were, were what I can control. It's where you felt safe. Yes. And that's, and so I, because the last time I saw my niece, you know, she, she looked up to me. And the last thing I want is for her, her to feel like I'm terrified of her. You know, I mean, what kind of role model is that where you're just like, ah, get away from me, kid? You know, it's just so that that was one thing I just I I didn't I didn't want to do, you know, so I kind of we kind of eased into it. And then as we were getting through therapy, you know, that's when my wife was like, hey, let's try it. Let's give it a shot and see. And, you know, like the, the, the pool party I was telling you, the cousin night or cousin day where all these kids like, hey, I can ride home with my parents if I need to. If you need to leave. 
just leave. I was like, all right, cool. And and it, that day was all right. I mean, it wasn't bad. Um, you know, again, wasn't drinking. Just drank water and sat by the, the side of the pool, and, and that was it. You know, just kind of – I stayed to myself. I didn't really go – Usually I kind of go out and try and have a conversation with somebody, but, you know, I didn't really want to have a conversation with anyone. Because, I, honestly, I didn't want to be there, but it was it was good for me to be in that situation. Yeah. So, Well, isolation is just, it's another one of those things that kind of is a big detriment. And, you know, you get into that space where you're going through a bunch of stuff, and you don't want to be around people. You want to isolate. You want to be by yourself. It's really, it's very counterproductive, you know, because your your mind is telling you, Ugh, I don't, we don't want to be around anybody. We're just going to be set over here in our corner. Yeah. Well, then all of that other stuff starts. It just builds and builds and builds. So there's a lot of research on connection and being involved and all of that stuff that helps kind of stave off all that stuff. Yeah, and, and and it helped. I mean, I get we were just easing into it. And the biggest thing I was just worried about was with my niece coming back in town. I just didn't want her to be scared of me because of how I reacted. In that, you know, because it it, it doesn't take much to to scare a, a small child. Mm-hmm. You know, especially with us being bigger bigger adults. You know, they don't know what to expect, and they're just like. Right. I don't want to be around Uncle Joe, you know. So, yeah. and that the last thing, and so that was my, that was my last thing that I wanted. But, you know, it, as things were going through, and as I was going through therapy, it got a lot better. And of course, now I, I now I, being out of therapy, it's just it's been good. I can talk about it and not get super emotional like I was, or not think back to could I have done better, or could I what could I have done to change the outcome? Nothing. Nothing. It was all out of my control. Um, there was, you know, my training did everything it was supposed to do in that situation. Um, I can tell you, I, I, I wouldn't wish it, after going through it. I wouldn't wish anyone to do that. It's, you know, um, but yeah, it was just, it was rough, and yeah, I, I mean, <clears throat> kid calls always are, man. Yeah, I, it's just it, well, and that was the thing. I mean, dude, well, and that's the thing. I, you know, uh, it was actually a, about three months before my my daughter was born. I ran a call where it was a seven month old that um, was having difficulty breathing. Well, when we showed up, the dad was like, "I literally just gave her CPR and she's back." And I was like, "What?" Like. What happened was that the you know the kid was crying so much that she just passed out. Yeah, and Dom was like, "Dude, I'm about to have a kid in like three months," and like, "Dude," and 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 I I'll I'll let you. I mean, man, it it really after having a kid and going through this. Be, first of all, I I feel like now this is just me. I was hoping that. Chris was going to be here, so I could kind of bounce some some ideas off of him. But yeah, but for me being being a first responder and a dad, some of the shit that we see mm-hmm. gets us more paranoid. Oh, I can definitely see that because you know, dude, there's nights where my 
my baby like sleeps well through the night. She she sleeps most of the night, and that's terrifying for me <laughs> because there's you're up checking, aren't dude, you, dude? I am up. I am up probably three, maybe three times a night. No, not every night, not every night, but yeah. there's nights where man, it just it just creeps in my head. Like, is she okay? Like this morning, I woke up. I woke up at five thirty. I usually wake up at five thirty for um, for work, but it's my day off. I woke mm-hmm. up at five thirty, and I creep into my my daughter's room and like looking, and I was like, "Man, she's she's out." So I like I put my hand on her back, and I feel the slight the slight raise. It's like, "All right, cool, you're breathing. We're good. We're good." Yeah. But that's the thing, I do. It's just I get so paranoid of everything. Shit way out of my control. And that's that's yep. and it's terrifying. Yep. So uh that's where I've kind of looked at it like being a first responder and a and a parent is it, it's just a lot. It's a lot of emotions, it's a lot of lot of thinking. Mm-hmm. And again, I just I'm super paranoid for like the off the wall shit. Just <laughs> seriously, like you can have the best conditions and and you know, like we go, we go through pediatric training all the time. Like, you, you know, like we got to run. You know, hey, what do we do in the pediatric version of uh, environmental emergencies, or what do we do in the pediatric ver- version of uh, you know a cardiac arrest, stuff like that. So it's just like you know, we always run into that situation. So of course, I'm having a fucking just a menu of shit coming down. <laughs> like, oh man, what's going? What? Like it just. And dude, there was I mean, I'm not gonna lie, there was there was times where I'm rocking her to bed and I bawled. I broke down. There was one night specifically, I I, I can't remember how long it was after the call, but there was one night specifically that I can remember where I'm rocking her and she's falling asleep and my wife comes in and I am bawling. Because I put myself in that position of if that was if that was my daughter, like where where would I be? And 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 that's what kept that was my biggest struggle getting over it was was I need to be one I need to be there for my daughter, but like if something was to happen to her, like because again we're running through so many different situations as far as the shit that we see or the shit that we hear about you know it could be a a training way above my scope but someone talked about hey the, you know they have a pediatric this 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 and i'm like i didn't even know that could happen to babies and thanks for putting that on the list you know <laughs> like great no something else i have to worry about and dude and that's it i'm I'm like i'm super paranoid about everything so it's like my my daughter is going to be nine months old in, in a week just this morning, I go and feel her back to make sure that she's still breathing. Like I, I again, I'm terrified of the things that could happen to her, and I feel like that part of that is because of being a first responder and the shit that we do see. I'm sure that probably heightens up some of it. I mean, I I don't see how it couldn't. Yeah, you know, or wouldn't. You well, know? and I was hoping. Again, hoping that Chris was going to be here, yeah. where I could kind of bounce an idea off, like, "Hey, does does this happen to you? Like, th- yeah. you know, this is, you know, I've got and, and I've got a bunch of friends that have kids that are are first responders as well. But it's just as far as you know, the friends that I have that 
that are in a department that are super busy and dealing with shit like that, I could I could only imagine like yeah. you know is this is this something that just crosses through your head? Dude, I think it's probably going to be just like anything else. It's it's going to be something that you're going to think about a lot, especially now because she's so young, mm-hmm. and as she gets older, it you'll think about other things. Yeah, you know, well, uh, it, it, it'll be oh, just wait till she starts driving. Oh, I know. Well, you know? and that's yeah, and that's the thing. It's just like you know, I, I I think the biggest thing that worries me is that that with with everything that can happen, I don't mm-hmm. know. She can't talk, so it's like I don't know what's going on. If if and and you can't ask her all of our questions. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, Do just, you know where uh, you are? Yeah. What city are you in? Yeah. No, but how like, many quarters in a dollar fifty? <laughs> that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. <laughs> I hate it when the medic always tries to freaking trip somebody up yeah like dude, yeah. come on man we're trying to see if they're they're mentally solid here right yeah. now don't don't freaking throw them a, yeah don't make them do math yeah come there on. was there was one there was one medic that i god when i heard this fucking question come out of his mouth i just wanted to punch him just from the sideline just come and just come out of nowhere and he was like is mickey mouse a cat or a dog like you motherfucker you're giving them an option that's not even there yep. so i was like you dumb motherfucker like, I, I I always love it whenever the patients are there and with it, and they're just kind of playing along with the you know questions. Yeah. And my favorite typically is it's generally the who's the president question. It's a, it, because you never know what response you're gonna get. Oh, you're gonna get a response <laughs> whether it's one way or the other. You're gonna get a response, and and but everyone knows who the president is, yeah. so it's just an easy question. Yeah. So for me. Granted, I don't really ask those questions because we're not the transporting agency. So whether yeah. they're really, I just make sure that they're okay. I can take care of them, and then when the medic comes in, they're going to be the transporting agency. So let's they'll ask the questions for their for their record. Yeah. And so yes, you doesn't matter who it is, left or right, you're going to get an off the wall. Oh yeah. Answer. So <laughs> so and that's the, yeah. So but that's the thing. She can't talk. So, yeah. I don't know what's 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 bothering her. You know, if she is crying, like how do I soothe her? You know, it's just one of those things that it 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 was definitely you know it was heightened while it was still while the call was still fresh. Like I couldn't even be in the same room with her crying. It was just it 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 was just it was bad. But like now I've, you know now I can d- deal with all of it now and uh, you know be a dad is definitely. Yeah. Um, but that's. And that's the thing. It's just going through something like that. You're just more paranoid. I feel like um, that's how I am. At least I don't. I couldn't. I can't speak for everyone. Of course, everyone deals with stress or um, you know this this kind of situation differently. And uh, but my biggest my biggest thing out of this whole entire situation is go get help. Go talk. At least talk to somebody. Oh, absolutely. You know, go to go to someone. Whether it's one or two sessions, let 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 the professional hear you out. Like let them kind of gauge what what's going on because there's there was shit like that. I was talking to my therapist in the first couple of meetings where how I worded something stuck out to him. That was that was the catching the catching moment. Like now, did this? I mean, you you said this. Are you, I was like, oh shit, the way I said it, yeah. Like, holy fuck, like, 
it was one word. Like, dude, I could I could say the same sentence like ten times, and then I could change one fucking word, and that guy that guy would find it. Like, just because of the tone that was in mm-hmm. in the situation. So that's my biggest takeaway out of this. Whether you've been on for twenty years, or if you're just starting out and you're going through, you know, this is it's a fresh career for you, and something's bothering you. If it's a call, whether it's pediatrics, ge- uh, geriatrics, anything, go go at least talk to somebody. Go find somebody that's good with trauma. You know, like that was one thing that I was really concerned because who they were going to send me to was I was af- I was afraid that wasn't going to be that didn't know first responders, right? Not culturally competent. Yeah. So yeah. like, which is a, dude, honestly, that's a huge fear, and that's why a lot of guys won't go that would be willing to go is because they've either they've tried it before and the therapist that they went to didn't know shit about our job and they had a bad experience yeah and that's the thing man if it so if your therapy session is an hour long dude it could take us an hour to just describe what we do for a living Mm -hmm. or the the possibility of calls that we run Mm -hmm. and they still won't even understand yeah but if you find somebody that's good with traumatic situations or that deals with veterans or or first responders on a daily basis or a weekly basis you know that's you you need to find someone that's reputable of like that because otherwise you're not going to get the help that you need um you know the guy that i saw awesome great with great with stress um i didn't have to spend an hour talking about what i do because he's had firemen in there before hey i know what you do i know what you can see not that I've personally gone through it, but I've heard enough where it's really helped me acclimate how I how I help. Right. And that's and that's what you need. And yeah. so that's my that was my biggest thing. So it's like if you're gonna send me to somebody, I'm gonna spend two sessions talking about what I do for a living, it ain't gonna do me any good. Yeah. Don't even waste your time. Yep. So that's that's just my biggest thing is just making sure that one, you run the call Go get help, even if it didn't bother you. Just get it. the 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 sooner that you go after the call, the fret like the more fresh that's in in your head. It will help ease it later because, yeah. it, like like I told you earlier, I don't want to go twenty years and then get ready to retire and let me have a mental breakdown because I'm thinking of this fucking tidal wave of calls that I ran in my career. I I want to be done. Yeah. When the call's done, I want to be done with it. Yep. Well, and you know, I don't know if you know, but we've talked about it before. So, you know, post-traumatic stress is totally normal, right? Yeah. It it just happens. It is what it is. It happens in everything. Mm-hmm. Where it becomes a problem is whenever it comes post-traumatic stress disorder. So for it to really become PTSD, do you know how long it takes? Uh, bl- I could be wrong, but I, it's like, isn't it like a couple months or something like that? Two weeks. Two weeks? That's it. So, and they've done some research on that. And, you know, obviously it's going to vary individual to individual. Some might take longer, some shorter, whatever. Yeah. The, But that just illustrates your point of go as soon as you can. Yeah. You know, even if you maybe don't feel like talking about it because... You know, even though you think you don't feel like talking about it, guess what? You're talking about it all the time anyway. 
Yeah. So. Yeah, it go, it, it creeps up. Yeah, and, and, and I'll go a little bit of of a different route. You know, yes, talking to professionals. That's great, and they're needed. And there are certain situations where you, that's what you need to do. Yeah, like your situation, absolutely freaking you need to talk to a professional. But there are other situations where peer support's a better option. Maybe you don't need to talk to a professional. Maybe you need to talk to somebody else who was there. Or yeah. maybe you need a combination of the two. Maybe peer support's your first step to figure that out, and then you move on to the professional. No, and, and yeah. But and, it's different for everybody. No, and, and, and I, I completely agree because, you know, when we – after that fire, you know, we, we met at the, the truck station mm-hmm. and kind of had a debrief. And our, our union guy happened to be on working overtime that day. And he was like, hey, don't forget we have peer support guys. We and Or we can reach out to the union and grab grab their peer support guys if we need it. So, and then, you know, of course they're like, hey, there's different programs out here as well. So I kind of, I, I, I went the route, not necessarily that I wanted to get, I mean, my peer my peer support guys are they're not bad guys they're just they're but they're guys that that don't see this shit on a daily basis and one of my other peer support guys went through the same call I did yeah so honestly he's not going to be much help because he's he's an emotional <laughs> wreck so and yeah. and and, I, and I'm just saying and like and that's the thing it's just you know our peer support guy I I text my peer support guy and he set he set up a couple of meetings with different therapists mm-hmm. and then. With me taking off a couple of shifts, it turned into a workman's comp situation. So, um, so I had to go through the the workman's comp avenues of who I was going to see, and that was where my biggest my biggest frustration was with, and with it being so fresh of a call, it was I was definitely more defensive, mm-hmm. and I, I was a straight asshole to this lady, and I fe- I feel bad now. I really do. And, but like she's but she's telling me she so she's wasting my time a couple of the days just going through hey just letting you know you went through you went to this program to to you had a session here well we don't cover those people okay that's cool i get it i they were just the first person the first people that i went to that have traumatic and first responder experience at, right. like they became therapists from you know for being first responders yeah so i wanted to see them Okay, well, we don't cover them. Okay, that's cool. Who do you cover? I don't know. What? So you're gonna you're gonna call me and tell me I can't see these people? But you don't have a second option. But you don't have another option for me to go to. So call me back when you know what you're doing. And and again, it's so fresh that any little thing was pissing me off. And at that point, that that really pissed me off because you're gonna tell me. The people so far I had a couple of sessions with that were like that knew what I was that knew what I did for a living. They knew about the call. They they have information. They're helping me go through it. And then you're gonna tell me, oh well, we don't cover them. Yeah, unfortunately, dude, that is that's the problem. And it's not with your department, my department. That's nation. That's a nationwide thing. We're so far in the industry, we're so far behind the curve mm-hmm. on mental health and trauma debriefings and all of that stuff. We are 20 years back of where we should be, yeah. ideally. And, you know, in 20 years, we'll 
be where we should be now. It just, the, the wheel moves really slow. It's moving. It's making progress in most places. But, I mean, that's just the fact of the matter is, you know, it it was kind of just one of those, because of our culture, mm-hmm. it was swept underneath the rug. Oh, it was yeah. like, you know, it, if you need to go see somebody, then you're just not fit for this job. Yeah. You know, well, let's, we're going to handle it with, well, we'll just all go out and get drunk or we'll all go do some drugs and you'll be fine and, you know, suck it up and that kind of mentality. Yeah. And, you know, that's the way that the culture was. It was encouraged and that's the way that it was handled. Well, guess what? That shit doesn't work. That's why you've got guys that retire and six months later they're dead from, you know, being alcoholics. Or, like I said previously, they're on marriage two or three or four and don't have a relationship with their kids and, you know, are broke. Well, they're so broke down they can't do the job anymore. So then, okay, well, what are they going to do after they retire? Oh, or not not to be super dark about it, but they just they just end it. Yeah, it's just you know, dude, it, it's it, it's so prevalent. It it really is. It really is. Uh, I you know that was and that was the, that was definitely the last thing that I thought about was of course you know going through all this all this shit that I was like, no way am I. For me, I, and not to sound insensitive to the situation. But I just feel like, I feel like ending ending your life is 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 the the coward's way out. Just because I say that, because one, you if you have a a, a family, you have a family. Mm-hmm. But now, whether you talk to your dad or you you're close with your family at all, that you still have a family and they still care for you. Whether you're on good talking terms or not, if something happens to you, they're devastated, and you just put your family through all of that shit of what you just did. But yeah. also there's there's so many different avenues to get help. Yeah. There's Well, the thing is and we've talked about it on the show before, when you when somebody gets to that point, they're not thinking about any of that. Oh, it's I, there's and I can tell you from my own experience. There's nothing past right now. There's nothing you know how you can sit there right now and you can think about, you know, I'm going to go home and I'm going to play with my kid or I'm going to play video games or in a week me and Jess are going to go out to dinner or whatever. Mm-hmm. When you get to that point, there's nothing. Yeah. There's it's the only thing that is in front of you is blackness. Yeah. That's it. And and it's yeah, it's a you want to throw around terms like it's coward's way out, it's selfish, all that stuff which you're not wrong. It is. It's just a kind of, it's another avoidance thing. It's the thing, whatever is going on right now, and it's maybe not necessarily that you want to die, but you cannot, you don't have the capacity to deal with with whatever is going on. And and that makes, and that makes sense. Again, I haven't been through that situation, so I couldn't tell you, but it's just like, I just see the aftermath after mm-hmm. after running suicides in in our oh, yeah. career, but like, well, dude, I, we talked about it. If you want to talk about it, so like the person that commits suicide, okay, well, it affects their immediate family. So let's say their wife and their parents, okay. Well, then it affects their wife's parents, 
their wife's siblings, that person's siblings, their children, if they have any, your grandparents, your cousins. Oh, well, let's talk about your friends at work. So them and their spouses and in context, their children. Yeah. So it takes no time at all. You're getting into the triple digits. Oh, yeah. One suicide. Yeah. You're going to affect, I saw a number, and don't quote me on it, it could be wrong, but each suicide affects almost 200 people directly. I can believe it. Yeah. So, I mean, whether whether that's whether that's the true number or not, it's still, I mean, yeah, it's it makes sense because yeah. just like you said, I mean, it it will emotionally affect so many people in your family and again, you don't even have to be on talking terms with with these people, but yeah. it, you're still family. Yeah. Like, you know, there's there's situations where, you know, you you hear the occasional like, "Oh, I can't stand my mom. I we haven't been I haven't talked to her in, in 8 years." But if she was to get word that you killed yourself, she'd be devastated. Mm-hmm. Just even even if you guys were not on good terms, she would that that's, you know, you're her child and that is devastating for any parent to receive. So, yeah, I mean, and that will just trickle through her family, you know, her brothers and sisters or her and her parents and stuff, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, I feel like 200 is I would probably say probably on the low end. I would yeah, I would probably <laughs> say uh, if low end if not like around the average, you yeah. know? I mean, because it's just you have so many families or like you I mean, because you don't know how close people are, of course. But like Say with my wife and her, like, dude, she's like close with eight of eight or nine of her their cousins, and like when we have cousin night, it's a full house. So like, yeah. So say if that happens, it affects her, and then it, they she goes to cousin night, and it affects all ten of those families, and then it just trickles from there. So yeah, it's two hundred is honestly, I'd say about average. Yeah. It, so and and that's the thing. It's just again, I've never been, I've never felt like that. To me, dealing with that aftermath is what was just. That's where it's heartbreaking for me, is because it's like, man, why could? How could they have done this to their family? But again, I've never been in that situation, so I, of course, I don't know how they're thinking, and I, I wish, I wish people were more available to get to seek out the help, like you know, like it, whether it's a proud, a, a pride thing, mm-hmm. or if they're just scared. You know, but just well, just I reach mean, out. In our line of work, it there are various reasons. A lot of it boils down to culture. Yeah, I mean it's and, and it's changing. Don't get me wrong; it is. It's becoming more acceptable, and we're having more resources put towards it, mm-hmm. which is making it more accessible and you know less of a stigma on it. Yeah, but. Dude, anybody that will sit here and tell you that there's not still a stigma on it and that there aren't people on the job that look down on you for doing it, they're full of shit. Yeah. I've met those people. Yeah. I've had conversations with those people. And, you know, yeah, it it is what it is. Some people, you're never going to change their mind because they are stuck in this. They have this idea of what you're supposed to be. Yeah. No. And, you know, they won't take a step back and look at, you know, the bigger picture, basically. Yeah. You know, they won't take a step back and look at the numbers. I mean, there was a study done several years ago um, because 
firefighter in particular, firefighter suicides have been on the rise every year. Yeah. And there was a study 2017, 2018, maybe, if I remember right, 350 reported suicides by firefighters. The people that wrote the paper estimated that the number, that number was actually low, was underreported. They estimate that it's actually at least double that because of the way that departments will report it. Because if you get, you know, you die by suicide, then insurance benefits and all that stuff don't get paid out. Yeah. So sometimes those numbers and the death certificates get, I'm not going to say falsified, but they get fudged a little bit. Yeah. You know, so people will get. So the family their, can get. Yeah, take their care family of. can get those death benefits. So, you know, you look at that and I mean, it's exponentially greater than in the years before. And it's on the rise and on the rise and on the rise. How long are we going to just sit on the sidelines and just say, oh, well, those people, they should have never been on the job anyway. Well, guess what? They were on the fucking job. Yeah. We're supposed to be, you know, this brotherhood and this family and all that. Got to start taking care of our people. And, you know, part of that is the mental health aspect. So why is it cool and acceptable to have a fucking drinking problem? And to have, you know, two, three, four marriages, you know, I mean, what, why is that acceptable and encouraged? Yeah. No, and I, and I, no one would have an answer for you, yeah. you know, because not a lot of people are aware of all the, all the stuff out there that can help. And again, yeah, like you said, we are 20 years behind on taking care of our, our guys, but at least the the ones that are willing to have help need to see help. You know, yeah. Talk to somebody. Yeah. So just make people aware. That's it. Dude, yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah. I appreciate it. Great no. conversation. Yeah. I do no, wish I Nelson was here. I think we're gonna have to have you back on whenever he's here, and you guys can talk about because I do want to talk about that whole, you know, being a parent and all of that. I I have a a different perspective of it. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm not a dad. I'm an uncle. So I got well, you know, yeah. but it's it's different. Yeah. It, it's it's not the same. No, and so. that was the thing. When I was an uncle, it it was, you know, like, hey, I just there's there's just times that I I'm not there. Like yeah. I kind of if I need to be away, I'm I'm already away. But yeah. now that there's a kid in like in my life on a daily basis, you know, yeah. am I the only dad that's thinking of of this paranoia shit or no you know so i mean to a to a lesser degree i think i have it with my nephew you know Mm -hmm. and i know my wife probably would disagree because (laughs) you know i'll toss him up in the air i play but he's a boy and we play rough yeah i mean not like he's no i I get i get you you he's not fragile yeah yeah i dude i get that and i'm careful i mean you know so but yeah, it's just, but the things that she'll let him do, and I'm like, like he was over here the other day, and we're all sitting in the kitchen, and he's like climbing up on the bar stool and climbing up on the kitchen chair, and I'm like, 
you know, I'm like, just read. Yeah. Like, it's okay if I could throw him 10 feet in the air, but if he falls from that chair, then I'm going to be upset. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's, and that's, yeah, that, that's, that's one that definitely runs through my mind. I'm like, am I the only paranoid motherfucker out here? No, no, you're not. (laughs) So, all right, man. Well, well th- thank you again for having me on. I really uh, appreciate it. Um, and you know, whether we can we can help somebody that you know watches or, or listens to this, that they can you know they know there's help out there. Hey man, couldn't That's have, the biggest thing. Couldn't have said it better myself. Awesome. So I'll leave it with that. Awesome. All right, everybody, <laughs> have a good one.